Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim GK, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Our show's topic today is business networking and why it is important. According to online additional Wikipedia, business networking is a social economic activity by which groups of like-minded business people recognize, create, and act upon business opportunities. A business network is a type of social network whose reasons for existing is business activity. Likewise, Entrepreneur Magazine says developing and using contacts made in businesses, business provide beyond the reason for initial contact. Today, I'm delighted to have David A. Crumbaugh, Managing Director of BNI San Antonio and Vice President and Co-Founder of Inspired Network in Enterprises. David is a practicing CPA and longtime entrepreneur and highly in-demand presenter of programs to assist professionals in growing their business beyond the programs, such as Connect the Dots, Profit to Profitable, to name a few. David teaches his audience how to generate high level of referrals and development of strategic alliances to grow businesses without spending lots of money. David, thank you for joining the program today. And I guess to begin with, uh, we just talk about yourself. Just kind of tell us how you came to be into business networking and use that as a profession. Well, Tim, it, first of all, thank you for having me on your on your show today. Um, I think, like most entrepreneurs, you kind of get into business networking out of a necessity that, uh, as a CPA starting out uh, with a small firm, you're networking every day. And you think you're doing a good job because you see more clients coming in your door and money coming into the firm, and you're thinking, this is great. And about 12 years ago, I had just moved to Portland, Oregon, started work for a new firm and knew just just a handful of people outside the walls of that CPA firm. Okay. Our firm got a call from a friend of a partner who said, I'm in this group and we need a CPA. Well, he referred me to go to that group. That group was B&I, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Okay. Hadn't heard about the group, and after going there for a couple of meetings, I realized everything I thought I knew about networking, I really knew nothing. And from that point on, I've grown kind of grown up in the networking field, if you will, and a few years ago was introduced to my business partner, uh, Amy Kilpatrick, uh, a a fellow accountant, and we started Inspired Networking because we found that networking in and of itself is misunderstood, misused, and is used inefficiently. Mm -hmm. And especially as funny as this is, in the service industries such as accounting, financial advisors, financial planners, insurance, there's so much money being left on the table that we're missing the boat. And we realize that there is a, there's a methodology to networking. And I like your definition that you read there about what Wikipedia said. One way we look at networking is this. It is a technique, it's a skill set that you have to learn about connecting yourself with the other businesses and business professionals that get you where you want to go to help you achieve those goals. And most people truthfully don't know how to effectively and efficiently network. Wow. So in networking in general, um, like you mentioned, a lot of people leave money on the table. Can you give us kind of examples of uh, what a person can do to increase themselves by networking? Number one, and I think most importantly, is to understand what networking is and what it is not. It, networking is not knowing a bunch of people. Okay. Networking is knowing the right people who can connect you and your business to the market you want to do business in. It's about those connections and partnerships that you develop. And I, I think too many times we go to mixers, we go to professional events that are networking events. That's in their title. That's what they call them. But we go there to enjoy the food, 
<laughs> to catch up with some old friends, or to see how many business cards we can collect and pass. None of that in and of itself is true networking. It's it's a part of it because you have to get out there and you have to be seen and people have to know who you are. But that's one aspect of it. And too many people go to those events without sitting down first and saying, okay, tonight when I go to the Chamber After Hours event, I'm looking to meet these three people, be it an industry or a specific person. I want to meet these three people. You go there with that intention and that plan, then after you're done meeting those three people, you can enjoy the food, you can catch up with your friends. Mm-hmm. It's about intention, and that's what I think too many times I find that business professionals lack that intention when it comes to their networking. And you know, you can see that, go into any uh, local bookstore and look in the business section. You see a sales section, you see a marketing section, you never see a networking section, and that's because most people consider networking as marketing or networking as part of sales, and it is its own separate and distinct entity, or at least it should be thought of that way. Okay. So when you have these type of events, whether it's a trade show or a chamber of commerce, you have to go in with a definite plan on what you need to accomplish. That's what you're saying? That's exactly right. There has to be an intention behind every event you go to, and it can be a trade show. It can be, you know, like you said, a chamber event. It could be a fundraising event that you attend. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily appear on its face to be a networking event, but every event we go to is a networking event. Um, my my partner tells a story about being at the ball diamond watching her son play ball. Mm-hmm. That's not your normal networking event, but yet the person sitting next to her was explaining about how he's looking for a laundry detergent that he can provide to his clients because he's an allergist that will help them, you know, with their allergies. And through that discussion, she puts him in contact with a Shackley representative who has that detergent that she happens to use. Not a networking event, yet networking was being done. We There was connections being made and business transactions that were going to take place from those connections. Okay. It's a matter of being intentional and being aware of your surroundings and what's going on. Wow. So even if you're at a, for example, what a person should do if they had a trade show, it, it's not marketing, it's not sales, but you're at a trade show and you, for example, you have the intent, hey, I want to build this relationship with the people that I get all these business cards. We all have the habit of just grabbing business cards when we go to our boss, hey, look, all the contacts I've made. Um, what the person really should be doing when they grab all these business cards? They should be looking at them, and they should know in their mind when they see that business card and that profession, is this a person I want to connect with today, or is this a person for my future? Now, we all have those wonderful little fish bowls that we put out there for the drawing of the gift certificate or the gift card or the round of golf or whatever the prize is we're giving away. Mm-hmm. That's a great place to catch every one of those cards. But the minute you come across that person's card who's in a profession, you either have a client who has a need or you ha- you know that profession shares a, a common target market with you, you get their card and you put it in the fishbowl, but you say, can I have another one of those cards? That card goes in your pocket. And what you do is the minute you get back from that trade show, you take all those cards that are in your pocket and you make contact and you follow up. You take notes on, put them on the back of them so you know what's going on, and you follow up and you start building that relationship with those people. And But you do that from the work you do prior to the event, knowing who it is that's going to help you to expand your business or help you build that that strategic alliance where you can grow each other's business because you share commonality with what marketplace you want to do business in. Okay. So, and this, the ones that you have in your pocket, uh, you have some notes about them, and you, you can at least remember some of them. But I know when we go to trade shows or some public events, uh, you end up with so many cards. If you wait a few days or a week, then it becomes a cold call. Do you, how do you approach a person from that point? Okay, I kind of remember you, but I really don't remember you, and you're trying to engage that person. Hey, I was blank, you know, from this company and so forth. 
uh, how will you approach that? You know, you can't contact 100 people within, you know, a week or, in the, you know, if you, yeah. don't, you know, day-to-day things. How will you approach that, you know, a week later or two weeks later to try to reach out to this person? Well, here's the thing. It, it comes down to realizing that the contacts you're making at this trade show are not necessarily potential sales contacts for your business. Some of them will be, and you kind of divvy those up separately to your sales group, and you let them make the calls. The people, the cards that I suggested you put in your pocket are the connections you are looking to make from a networking standpoint that you're trying to build a relationship with. And you're you're on the phone with them, you're sending them emails, not pushing any sales, but strictly saying, hey, it was a pleasure to meet you. I really believe we can work together to grow each other's business. Wow. I would like to set up a meeting with you and sit down with you and see where we can work together. Wow. That's and, I mean, it's it's that powerful. But th- that's a limited number of cards. You may have 500 cards in your fishbowl. You may have five cards in your pocket. It goes back again to knowing before the event starts, these are the people I really need to meet that's going to take us all to the next level. And that it's about those connections and building those relationships. Okay. With the people in the fishbowl that you may come and use later, you, you say, hey, I met you briefly at the at the trade show. I just wanted to reconnect with you and see if there's any way I can help you. And you start building the relationship from that standpoint. Okay. Now, with the the cards in the fishbowl, if you go beyond that, um, and once you're in all this information in, now I have my seven people in my pocket that I'm starting to build a network and talk to and offer my assistance and helping each other. Then they have this other, is there anything I can do with the other people in that fishbowl that I can use in my pocket for the future to say, hey, uh, to try to build some relationships? or uh, Absolutely. I mean, everyone we meet has the potential of becoming a a networking partner for us. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of timing. And it's a matter of are they the right fit or is there someone else in their profession that becomes a better fit? But you keep that you keep that database of contacts, absolutely. And down the line, you may need to call upon them. And when you call upon them, it is from the mindset of, you know, I when I met you, I think we had a connection around this group of people. I want to check with you, see if we still have that connection, and find out if there's a way I can help you. And it's always the mindset we teach and the mindset I really believe in is it's always from that how can I help you mindset. Wow, okay. It's not about me growing my business because here's the here's the great thing about this, and this kind of goes back to social capital and the laws of reciprocity and everything else. If I can help that person grow their business, guess what they're going to do for me? They're going to help me in return, and I'm not going to have to ask for it. It's going to be out of that philosophy of, hey, you helped me, now it's my turn to help you. Okay. And when you attack it from the standpoint of not always going in there to close the sale, but you're going in there to help somebody, it's amazing how quickly the, the relationship, that trust builds up, and they're willing to refer you to the people that they know. And that's, how you, that's the most effective and efficient way you can grow the, any business. Wow. So... Do you consider this as a, I know years ago in the 80s and 70s, they had Del Carnegie courses talking about um, the art of this or that. Do you consider this as like an art of teaching uh, a person how to network in itself? Oh, absolutely. It is definitely an art. It's a skill set. There are people who are born connectors, born networkers, and there are several other people who have to learn it. Mm -hmm. But it is definitely a skill set you can learn. It's a skill set you can perfect and always get better at every day. Every day I'm learning something from other skilled networkers, from people on the street that you meet. Um, You're always growing. But, yes, it is an art form, a skill set. The problem with it is most business professionals don't regard it as such. They regard it as part of sales or part of marketing and really should be pulled out separately. I mean, the trick to the trade is 
when you graduated college, I would be willing to bet you never took a core curriculum course on just networking. I know I didn't. No. As a matter of fact, I can remember maybe two or three lines in one book that talked about networking. There are really just a, a couple of colleges, truthfully, that I know of that teach networking. Wow. And that's one of the biggest challenges. Think about somebody coming out in your profession or in the CPA world. They get their degree. They start getting their credentials. You sit them behind the desk. They're gung-ho. They're ready to go. And you say, great, now go get some clients. <laughs> well, they don't know how to go do that because they've never been taught. And that's where organizations like BNI really come into play when it comes to the networking component because there are plenty of fabulous sales trainers out there, plenty of fabulous marketing trainers and marketing people out there, very few networking. And that's, I think, to me, that's the missing element in the puzzle. Why do you think colleges don't teach this in marketing or teach this in a core curriculum, and some companies don't teach them in a, uh, in a sales training? Any particular reason why? It's just they don't see the value of it? or Well, I, I think... Part of it is you know, a philosophy that many people see networking as kind of a mom-and-pop type thing, that big companies don't, don't do it, or that they do it, but they know how they do it. I know I can tell, I share a story with you that um, Dr. Ivan Meisner, who's the founder and uh, chairman of B&I, mm -hmm. tells, and he tells a story. He has been an adjunct professor in a business uh, university in California for many years, and a friend of his who's the president, wanted him to come meet the new dean of the business department. And they were having discussions over dinner, and they asked Dr. Meisner, what's the one thing that you think our department needs to be teaching that maybe we're ineffective at or we're not doing well? And he said, without a doubt, social capital law of reciprocity, networking. The dean of this school, business school, looked at him and said, we will never teach that subject as long as I am here because that's a soft science. His word, soft science. Wow. I think it's just looked upon in that in that mindset, and that's why sometimes I feel that you know professors do a great service, but they can also do a little bit of a disservice. And this is one of the areas where I feel like it's a disservice. Yeah, I I agree with you. Sorry, I had a technical problem. That's okay. Okay. They kind of blast out. Um, I think it's like, for example, like like you mentioned, maybe uh, maybe some professors don't understand it. Um, I guess taking that, uh, what you mentioned earlier, that CPA person got all his credentials, coming to the firm, and go get your clients. Maybe it's the same thing with, a, with the academia. They come in, uh, they go through their credentials of getting master's degrees and, and uh, doctor's degrees and coming teach and never ran a business before. So maybe that disconnect there uh, that they haven't gone through the full school. Well, I think you, Tim, I think you hit on something there very valid is the, whether or not they've run a business before all they've done is work in academia. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very crucial component. And most tenured professors, at least ones that I know, have have not owned their own business, who have not been, quote-unquote, in the real world. Wow. So. Okay. And um, talking about, I think, today's economy, I've known within the past, with the advent um, of these social networking sites as uh, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, uh, all these companies have – how do you see them today? Because that's really social, and the definition of social is networking. Um, how do you see that play a part of networking today? Since it brings it to a different level. Yeah, I think that's the key point. It's a different level of networking. The one thing uh, it will never take the place of is a face-to-face -face meeting. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, even if we could sit here on Skype and talk and I could see you, that's fabulous, and I feel like I can build more of a relationship with you. But when you get one-to-one with somebody face-to-face, nothing will ever take the place of that. But saying that, social networking definitely has its place in today's business if it's done correctly. And, you know, we want to make sure if you're doing using social network for your business that you are dedicated to doing it. You're posting relevant content, not what you had for dinner that night. <laughs> but there's relevant content to the user. But it also has to be able to be a relationship builder as well. So there needs to be some, you know, pictures of the kids so people feel like they can get to know you through that. Mm-hmm. I think the key thing, one of the best things you can do is find someone who is a social media expert, consultant, and either go through some training or hire someone in to manage that for you. Because how easy is it for us to fall into this trap where we're getting out on Facebook or Twitter and we're reading and we post something that is good content and then we start looking at what other people have posted. And, oh, that's interesting. You click the link, it takes you over to YouTube, and then you watch a video. Well, while you're watching there, it has those nice recommendations. You end up watching this one. Then you go back to Facebook, and you look up, and it's two hours later. And there's been a time drain of your day of a couple of hours, and you have no clue where they've gone. We can get lost in that social media world sometimes, too. So I think, like with networking and everything else, there has to be a plan for the social networking portion of your entire network plan. Wow. So when you talk about uh, uh, social networking uh, experts, any particular companies or websites you can recommend that a person will take a look at uh, in order to kind of take advantage of all the contacts they like, they have this fishbowl of so many people on Twitter, so many people on, they connected with, Facebook, is there a particular website or something or a company that can tell you actually this is how you should manage this particular site or there there are many there are many great social uh networking social media trainers out there. One okay. that I know very well who is excellent is a lady by the name of Sue Henry. Her website is suehenrytalks.com. Mm-hmm. She does fabulous trainings on integrating social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, into your company, into your networking, into what you do. And she does it with humor, and she is a a grandma of four-foot-nothing who believes that if if a grandma can learn how to do this, anybody can. And she's just a fabulous person. Wow. Yeah, it's a powerful medium today, especially for LinkedIn. A lot of employers... Or said to actually, when they get applications, they really seriously consider somebody. They go into Facebook or go into Twitter and they go into uh, and, and see if they trying to get an idea of that person. And um, just don't talk about bad about the company because uh, they take that from us. so it kind of can hurt you in one sense as well. I'm hearing. Oh, absolutely, and it goes and it, you know it goes back to really maintaining the content on your social media page, both personal and if you're a business owner, your business one. So it means the spring break trips from back in college. You might not see the pictures of those on a on a Facebook page. It means to make sure you're not posting uh, you know derogatory comments towards a business or towards a profession because yeah, those can come back and bite you in the end. Absolutely. Wow. And with the the sense of us uh, networking itself, uh, we went through the trade show scenario. Any particular other scenarios that you, uh, people normally will go to, you think they should capitalize on besides going to the game, going to um, different events at church? Any other type of opportunities that someone can home in and try to say, "I can help you," or that might turn into a good networking event. You know, it, any event, anything we do can be it can present a networking opportunity. It's a matter of being conscious and aware of what your surroundings. Um, in a book written a few years ago called Truth or Delusion, I know Dr. Meisner, the founder of BNI, said in that book that networking is a twenty. I hate the term twenty four seven, but it is twenty four seven, and you can network anywhere, anytime you are. It's a matter of respecting the event. 
It's a matter of understanding the surroundings, but it's a matter of understanding your networking plan, what are you looking for, what are your clients and your family and your friends, what are their needs, and just listening and being aware and content and intent about what is going on around us. We're in networking situations all the time, and we may miss them. I had a, a friend of mine who had no problem in a grocery store at the checkout line listening to conversations in front of them, and when somebody mentioned the fact that, hey, you know, I've got a leak in my faucet in the bathroom, him just stepping right up and saying, look, I didn't mean to overhear your conversation, which he did mean to overhear it, but I, I heard you say you had a leak, and I, I know a great plumber let me give you his card, and if you give me your information, I'll have him contact you, and he will take good care of you. It's a matter of you know using your ears, listening, knowing the surroundings, and knowing the plan, and knowing what the need is, so that when somebody expresses that need, you can be the person that says, I think I can help you with that need. It's always about the other person. You never go into that sales mode with those people because it's not about you growing your business at that moment because, again, that law of reciprocity, they will help you grow your business once you help them and that relationship is formed and you start building that trust. Okay, wow. And taking, and moving forward to BNI itself, tell us about BNI, uh, how it came to be and and how the BNI system works for a business owner. Absolutely. BNI was founded back in 1985 by, by Dr. Ivan Meisner, who has become known uh, as the networking, the leading networking expert. Uh, he's interviewed CNN. He's interviewed in a lot of places. He's become that person that people turn to when they have networking subjects. When in 1985 he was still a management consultant, and he was trying to grow his business, so what he did is gathered a group of business professionals, his friends in various professions around the table, and said, how can we help each other? Best way I get my business is through referrals, so how can we help each other grow business? That was chapter number one. A real estate agent heard about this little group and said, hey, how can I be part of it? Well, they already had a real estate agent in that particular group, so Dr. Meisner said, we really can't have two professionals in the same profession. We'd be splitting referrals. So that real estate agent said, well, can you help me start my own group? That led to chapter number two, chapter number three. Twenty-six-plus years later, we now have over 6,200 chapters in almost 50 countries around the globe, over almost 140,000 members around the world, and in 2010, which is the last year we have worldwide numbers for, uh, generated see, $2.8 billion worth of business just through referrals passed by our members. Wow. And you, you said a key word, the BNI system. BNI is a system. It is based off of the concept of giver's gain. If I give to you, you give back to me, we build a trust relationship, we want to help each other's business grow. In those 6,200-plus chapters around the world, every one of them run off of the same agenda. doesn't matter whether you're here in Texas or you're in California, you're in China, you're in India, you're in England. It's the same agenda in every meeting around the globe. And that is, I think, one of the key things about the organization is it's structure-based. It's also education-based. That training that we talked about earlier that business professionals never receive in networking, they get when they come to BNI because every week in the meetings there's training. There's additional trainings you attend as members throughout your membership. And the key part about all of it is it is one business profession per chapter. So there's only one residential real estate agent, only one CPA, only one insurance property casualty person, only one uh, chiropractor in each chapter. Okay. You're, you're building, in essence, you're building a networking team of 30 to 40 professionals who are there to help you grow your business, and you're there to do the same thing. Wow. When you have these chapter meetings, if a person is coming in, uh, they can just go to the website of BNI and type in a zip code and look for a chapter in the area. 
how will the person discern between these many chapters where to go? Uh, you, do you have, since there's only going to be one uh, doctor or one uh, realtor in, in one uh, particular chapter, they will have to look for another chapter, you're saying, to, in order to enter that particular, uh, particular group? Uh, yeah, and okay. here, yeah, here's the key thing about it. There may be professions that there are no openings. For example, most in in the United States, let's preface it that way. What we see is chapters are generally started by real estate, mortgage, PNC insurance, CPA, and uh, sometimes a chiropractor, sometimes a business coach. There are four or five professions that are just locked down, financial planners that are locked down professions in every chapter. The seats are hard to come by in those groups. So when there is an opening, all of that information goes out onto the various regional websites, and you can contact the chapter president or the director consultant for that chapter, and they can help place you into chapters that have openings. But just because that chapter has an opening for your profession may not make it the right fit because this, as much as we talk about business in this organization, this is a um, relationship-based organization. Okay. It's about those relationships. And you might go to a chapter and it lo- they're passing a ton of referrals, but the personalities just will not click. You will not be a good fit for them. They will not be a good fit for you. And you may go to a smaller group and it's an immediate click, and that's you know, that's what you have to look at is where is the where is those personalities going to mesh the best? And you know there are multiple chapters in every region, and if there's un, there's no availability in one, maybe it's an opportunity for you to start one, and you work with the the leadership in that region to get that chapter kicked off, and be part of a, a brand new group. Okay. So within this brand new group, um, so you can just go to the chapter rep and say, hey, I don't have anybody in my particular group that, uh, so I can go and add my own group. And if so, how many people do you need to have in that particular group in order to maintain it? That, that varies region to region. Okay. Every region has some different standards. I know for us in the San Antonio region and also for the Dallas-Fort Worth and Austin area, basically that I-35 corridor for people who know the area, we say that you have to have 24 people in a new group in order to become a charter chapter of BNI. And the reason for that is it's it's statistics, it's a numbers game. The more members you have, the more referrals that will be passed. It's a straight numbers game. Basically, if we take a chapter from, let's say, 20 members to 40 members, if we double the size of the chapter, our stats have shown us, we will triple the number of referrals passed. So you look for the number, but you also look for the quality professional, not just a warm body. You want the person that's going to be active, participating, who wants to be participating by building relationships. And when you get those people together, the energy in the room and what they bring to each other is amazing. Wow, so it's more more of a, like a family. It, it, it can very easily become that, yes. What's the expectation of uh, if a person who's entering this group, what, they have, uh, what is the expectation for them in, with this particular group itself? We have we have policies in place. Uh, some chapters in some region require that you bring a certain number of visitors and referrals to your group to show that you are participating. Mm-hmm. The big key is, and what I like to say is, I can build a relationship with you, but you have to show up. I can't build a relationship with your empty chair. It just is impossible to do. So we have an attendance policy in BNI. You can miss three meetings every six months and you maintain your seat. It's it's that simple, but you have to be there in order for us to be able to build a relationship with you. Okay. Dr. Dr. Meisner talks about many of his books, uh, a process that he's developed called the VCP process. The V in that is visibility. If you're not there, you're not visible. And if you're if you're not visible to me, we can never get to the credibility part, which is the key to the relationship. So it starts out with being visible, and that means showing up. So, I mean, that's really the big expectation is to show up and then to build those relationships and be productive. 
and then yep, we okay. can take it from there. Right. So by showing up, um, the if I've taken from the, the point of being from the outside and coming in, is there? I've heard that you can go into two meetings or something like that for uh, to check out the group. And as if, a visit, as a visitor, correct. You can visit a chapter two times. Okay. And normally, the way I like to say it is, the first time you're going to to see what it's all about, mm-hmm. to get a feel for the energy, to get a feel for the people, and to see if this is the right fit for me. The second time you're coming, you're coming with a decision to be made. Yes, I'm going to fill out the application for membership, or no, I'm not. And really, if you're coming back the second time, you're probably 99% leaning towards filling out that application. And that's, and, you know, that's a big decision that you make because it is you're making a commitment to this group of people that, hey, I'm going to join this family, as you said, and I'm going to be productive, and I'm going to help you grow your business, and in return, you're going to help me grow mine, and I'm going to learn how to be a better networker. Okay. So is the approval process have to be made when they go through this particular group? Absolutely. That's one thing that sets us apart, I think, from other organizations is it's not what I call the mirror test group, mm-hmm. which is you put a mirror under somebody's nose. If they fog it up, they're in. No. This is more of a business meeting, a business group. You're going to apply for membership. You're going to give references. You're going to fill out an application. And we've got a committee within the, each chapter of BNI that reviews every application. They check your references. They interview you. And they determine whether or not you are a fit for their group. And if they give you approval, you become a member of that chapter. Okay. You can be a brand-new business just starting out. Uh, same process. Is- Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you can be in a business one week or 30 years or okay. you know, whatever the variable is. It's a matter of are you going to be able to connect the rest of your group to the people you know who will help them grow their business? If you can make those connections, you can be productive, you can introduce people to people that they need to meet, then you can you can become a member of the group, absolutely. Okay, so that new business, instead of giving business references if he's brand new, he can just give his personal references. You want to be careful with the references. Uh Quite, we've had we tell stories times of uh, someone who tried to get into a group but kept getting turned down, and they said, "Well, why did we get turned down?" And the reason was he was giving a reference to an attorney. Just happened it had to be his ex-wife's attorney who handled their divorce. Not a good reference. Okay. You want to make sure there are references that you've done work with in the last year or so. Who's gonna who's gonna talk good about you? Let's just you know say it as it is. We're okay. looking for quality business professionals. Okay. Uh, we are half past an hour. Let's take one minute break, and then we're going to add a caller in uh, right after the break. So, one minute break, and we will add the caller in to ask for a question. Hold on one second. Capital Group financing your business today. So I'm going to go ahead and put the caller online. Uh, please turn off your radio so we don't get any uh, background noise. Caller, you online. Hello? Hi. Hi. You can go ahead and ask your question. I wasn't sure that it was me on the line. This is great. I actually just found Blog Talk Radio uh, within the last five minutes and it signed up. So, um, and got a message saying that B and I was online, so I appreciate it. This is wonderful. Great. I belong to B and I and it's an incredible experience and has been. 
um, unfortunately, I had to take a leave of absence, which they permit, um, because of the fact that I came down with cancer. Wow. So it turned out to be an extended leave of absence. And I was wondering what the policy was with the extended leave of absence. Your time continued or whether or not you get that time added on to that time. Does that okay. make sense? I'm sorry. No, I think so, and I, I hope that you are doing okay in your fight, and I wish you all Actually, the best in that, first I of all. I just went into remission last Wednesday. Wow, congratulations. Congratulations. I oh, went from uh, February 8th to January 15th, and I beat it. Well, wow. congratulations to you. Thank that's, you. That's okay. very fabulous. So I was pretty much out that entire time and almost a year. Um, so well, I didn't know how that worked out. Okay, no problem. I'll put you on hold, and I guess the, so David can answer the question. Thank you. I think, Tim, the first thing I would tell you, your, the caller, to do is get with the director for his particular region. In general, most of the times when we have a leave of absence of a medical nature, which is really the only leave we, quote-unquote, allow, it is normally about eight weeks in length, and at that time the chapter is working with the member to see where they're at. And if they need a couple more weeks, that's great. If they need to, to resign their membership to deal with this health issue, that's you know that's determined by the chapter in that region. And mm -hmm. if there's any time remaining on the membership clock, it's it's given back to him in what's called a letter of credit, which he can then use to apply either to that group if his seat is still open in that group or mm -hmm. to another chapter in the region to apply to his membership then. But I would recommend talking to your local director and seeing where you're at and what their particular read on that policy is and how they can help get you back in to to the organization now that you are healthy and ready to to attack business. Okay, so the person is holding a seat. Uh how many seats are there? Uh how many seats does the group want, quite honestly? There's okay. no limit to the number. Now, there is a critical mass you can hit somewhere, you know, stats have shown about 45 to 55 is a good critical mass for a group. Mm -hmm. But we've had groups up into the 60s and 70s. Uh, with membership, and, and that's really you know the call of the group. We try to keep our groups, like I said, 24 is kind of a a working minimum that we have. Our average, actually, at least in my region in the San Antonio, Texas area, is about 27 and a half. Mm -hmm. And you know we've got chapters above 30, and one chapter pushing 40. It's really the dynamic of the group and okay. how you build that group. But the only limit to the seats is you can only have one person per business profession in each chapter. That's the only limit. Okay, so if you have, like, uh, in the sense of a realtor, uh, and I think a realtor will want a home improvement guy who will want a real estate inspector who will want anything that belongs in that particular part of real estate, part of that, uh, part of his particular group, is that the same case if a banker comes in? I'm a commercial banker, uh, but okay, you have uh, within finance, you have a person who does leasing, person who does credit cards, person that does small business loans, people with the depository accounts. Mm -hmm. is, is that defined as in within the seats, or is say, hey, this is banker, this is banker plus, and he covers the whole gamut? We would prefer that we split it up like you described there. You have okay. the commercial banker, you have the depository banker, you have the credit card person, and you focus on that one part of your industry. And the reason for that is it's not so much about you, but who do you know? You may know a 1,000 people. Well, the person who does credit cards knows a 1,000 people. The person who does the depository account, they know a 1,000 people. So instead of us doing business with you and the thousand people you know, now I'm doing business with my group plus the thousands of people that each one of them know. And you're expanding the opportunities to build business and referral partnerships. And it just it spreads out. It spreads the wealth, if you will, but it gives the opportunity. And you have more opportunities to build referral partnerships and grow everyone's business that way. 
Okay. Wow. So a person coming in, uh, the group itself, you have already experienced your two meetings, and at that time, at the second meeting, you're handing an application. You can decide if you want to join the group or not. If not, you can go to another group and see if you like this dynamics a little bit better um, and kind of compare the two groups. But you're saying that you only can go to that particular group only two times during a given period or two times per given year or – I would like to say, you know, just a, two times in a year because at that point you need to determine, am I going to be able to make a commitment to this group? And the group needs to make a determination, are we able to okay. make a commitment to you? And that commitment's a time commitment, it's a monetary commitment, but it's a, it's a more of a time commitment in terms of building the relationships. And we want to get that process started as soon as we can once we determine the fits right for both parties Let's get busy. Let's help each other grow. Okay, great. And with that particular commitment, again, you're required to attend the meetings. You only can meet, miss three meetings out of a uh, six-month period, correct? That is correct. And it is a seat, and you need to be there regardless. Uh, the only reason you can't, uh, do they allow replacements, long as, and that's not counted exa uh, as an absence? Yeah, we have we have a substitute program okay. where you can send a substitute who represents you. Uh, if you know, let's face it, life happens. You have a child that gets sick. It's you know, you have you get sick. There's something that comes up at the office. There are going to be times you just cannot physically be there. Okay. So you, the times you can plan for that, you send a substitute who goes and basically is you for that day. Now the best substitute you can send maybe one of your best clients whose profession actually is open in that chapter. And what you're doing is they're going to go sing your praises, but now you're introducing them to business people you work with who uh -huh. might help their business grow. And then you really look like the champion in their eyes. Oh, wow. Okay. So that, I mean, that's the best substitute you could ever send to a chapter. But, yeah, we offer a substitute program and we encourage you to utilize it to, to make sure you are there either in person or represented by someone else because that way the person can get your message out there and they can train that networking team who you are looking for for a referral that week. Okay. So are these, are these monthly meetings or are they weekly meetings? They are weekly meetings. And how long are they? They are 90 minutes in length and we meet every week. And the chapters determine the day and the time that they meet, whether it's a breakfast chapter or it's a, a lunchtime meeting. There are a few chapters around the country I know that meet at, in the afternoon. There may even be a couple of chapters that meet in the evening time. Uh, but it's a 90-minute meeting, start to finish. And it it is what I like to call, it is a business meeting. You will have a lot of fun, don't get me wrong, but we are running an agenda. So we are going to run a structured business meeting for 90 minutes with a lot of fun involved in there and a lot of business being done. Okay. So take me uh, into the meeting itself. What happens at that particular meeting? Um, when you walk in, uh, you come with your business cards. Or just kind of give us a snapshot. Hey, I'm going into this meeting. What what takes place there kind of step-by-step? Step. So sure. Kind of expectation. There are, there are really four components to every meeting, Tim, that, that you go to. The first one is a 15-minute span at the beginning of the meeting called Open Networking, mm -hmm. where you're really work focusing on the relationships, and you're meeting the visitors that are coming to your group for the very first time. Then the second key component is every week, members and then the visitors get a six, what we call a 60-second training moment, their opportunity to train their team how to best refer them for that week. Uh, one member, or depending on the size of the chapter, maybe two members, has a 10-minute keynote training moment where they get to expand on themselves and their business and how best to refer them. Some groups have to cut it down to two five-minute uh, tr trainings just because of sheer numbers. And the last thing that happens really at every meeting is we pass referrals or we give a testimonial about great service that another member has provided. So, I mean, those are the four key components. Now, intertwined in there, we take care of some business. We talk about membership, applications, and committee issues. But, I mean, those are the primary four points of every meeting, and we do that every single week. Okay. Wow. 
So with a large group, I mean, is it easy? If I'm looking at a group at, uh, I think, uh, 60 people, I mean, to get things done in 90 minutes, and if they have, like, a uh, a presentation or a, uh, how do you describe it? You said they go around now? Yeah, we stick, okay. every, every meeting, every member gets a 60-second training moment. To to train the team, and then there's one or two members, probably in that group of sixty you're discussing. There'd be two five minute keynote trainings, is what we call them here. Okay. But in terms of getting it done, absolutely, you can get a ninety minute meeting accomplished doing that because the structure. And if the leadership team of that group is in place and they've done this, it the meeting just flows right along the line. And there are tricks of the trade that we train our members on how to make sure it's in and out in 90 minutes because we're trying to respect the time of the members and of the visitors who come, so we keep it to 90 minutes. But there are little tricks you can do to, to make sure you stick right on that time that we train the leadership and the members on how to do that. But, yeah, I mean, the largest chapter at one time was a, a chapter of about 75 members in a town of 11,000 people but yet they ran a very successful 90-minute meeting. Wow. Okay, so each one has 60 seconds to speak, and they have, like, the buzzer and say, hey, you're six, it's over. <laughs> they have some sort of timekeeper, absolutely, to keep them on track because, like I said, it's a matter of respecting the time of the member and the visitor because we told them, hey, this is a business meeting, and most business meetings have a set start time and a set end time. Okay. And we just try to respect that. Okay, we've got another caller. Let's, let's see if uh, what question they have. Calling online. My apologies. I just had an additional question. Um, I was calling there. When you said that if you find a group that doesn't really work for you, which case I went to an additional group and it was working great. Um, the referrals were going back and forth. A one of the ladies was distributing. Um, Arbon, and she was doing nothing but vitamin solicitation. Um, then it, they brought me into the group. They accepted me, and then on the third meet, they came to me and said, "No, um, I couldn't be a part of the group because it was a crossover of what I did, which was skincare. I have my own skincare line." Um, even though she was doing nothing but vitamin sales. How should I handle something like that now I'm without a group because I dropped my first group to go to the second group? Okay. Right. We'll have David answer the question. Thank you for calling. Yeah. And the best answer caller I can give to you for that is you need to do, have a discussion with the director of that chapter and or the area or executive director for that region and have them help you with that um, because each chapter is the determiner of the membership. We leave the determination of who's in a group to the chapters because it's their group. They're building the relationships with them. The director consultants who are overseeing those groups need to be aware of situations like that, and they can help you get placed into a chapter where you will be accepted. And that would be the best advice I can give you is check with your local chapter director, consultant, or area director, or executive director for that particular area or region and get them to help you get placed into a chapter because you would have, based on what you told me, at least I would believe some time that should be credited to your membership. Okay, so when they have their membership and um, they could uh, – go to another particular group and just get credited over? There, there are transfer policies in place okay. uh, in regions, and that, again, most regions go off the same concept. They may have a little bit different mechanisms for doing that, but that's something that they definitely, yeah, any member should take up with his or her uh, chapter director, consultant, or area director and work through that process. Okay. Just, just really just communicating and talking about it. As as I said, we are a relationship organization, and it starts with the communication. Absolutely. Right. Uh, also, within in uh, BNI meetings, uh, once a person who signed up for membership got approved, now they're in the meetings. They know what their expectation is. Is there an additional training that they go to to kind of tell them the 
trying to teach them this particular networking when we talked at the very beginning, is there a class that they take to show them how to properly network so they can be a uh, functioning contributor within the group? Absolutely. Every member, and this is a BNI policy, is required within the first 60 days of their membership to take what we call a member success program training, mm-hmm. or MSP. And that is your basic introduction to how to give a referral, how to do a proper 60-second training moment, the basics of it. Beyond that, every week you're getting networking education within the chapter from the education coordinators of those chapters. We have advanced trainings that are offered in many regions. Uh, We have leadership training for anyone becoming part of the leadership team of the chapter that you are required to attend. We are an ongoing training organization when it comes to networking. You are learning every week in your meetings. You have the opportunity to attend many other trainings. Uh, Dr. Meisner has produced CDs and books that are available that you can get training for. Uh, There is just a vast wealth of networking training and knowledge available within BNI that people can go out and obtain, they can sit in on. Uh, guest speakers when the other directors come in from other regions to talk. It's amazing the amount of education that one person can pick up just by being a member of BNI. And like I said, there are people who would come in and be lousy networkers become fabulous networkers. And wow. that's just that's a great benefit. And another side benefit that most people never realize is we have a lot of people when they come in have just an absolute fear of speaking to a group. And they have a hard time with those 60-second and 10-minute time slots trying to train us how to refer them. After a while within the organization, they become fabulous public speakers just from sheer repetition and practice and learning what it's all about and learning how to hone that message. And that not only benefits you in networking, but you can take that back to your regular business, and that benefits you a great deal there as well. So side benefit to membership is, you know, approving public speaking and just becoming more comfortable knowing what networking is and how to do it properly. Wow. And as see as the family and also I guess when they're doing their 60-minute talks, networking I guess is just bringing them into practice. I guess uh, the, practicing the elevator speech uh, once a week in front of a group, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Elevator speeches are fabulous, but again, here's where you kind of have to start in your mind drawing a line between what's sales and what's networking. Mm-hmm. Those business, those 90-minute meetings that we're in BNI, that's networking, and you, you, you're leaving the selling at the door. You want to make okay. sure you're training us how to pass the referral. You need to have a good elevator speech because at some point in time, that connection you make is going to be sitting across the desk from you, and you want them to start stroking checks to you. Okay. But there is a distinction between the elevator speech or that sales speech and the networking talk you do within within BNI or in any networking setting. And a lot of times you see people go to that sale too quickly because it's what most of us know how to do. It's easy for us to go into sales mode. We have to consciously make that stop point and say, no, 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 this is not a sales opportunity. This is a networking opportunity. And it goes back to that key question, how can I help you? Okay, wow. That's powerful. Uh, to reach a BNI chapter, pretty much just go to BNI.com and type in a zip code and look at the chapters, and you can see if there are going to be any conflicts. Of, uh, it give, does it give a list on how many, uh, what's open, or you just have to discern what's open uh, in that particular chapter? No, just in this last year, BNI as an organization has gone through a, mul- a massive capital improvement project to just consolidate all of our worldwide databases into one tool that BNI members can use. To the outside world, it means all of our websites now look the same. We have a template that we use. And if you go to BNI.com, you can click on Find a Chapter, and you can find what region of the country or around the globe that you're in. Click on that region, and it will take you to a website where you can pull up a listing of the groups that are meeting in that area. Okay. You can see one that fits the day and time. You click on that group, and it pulls up the list of the members and professions. You can see who's open, uh, You know who has an opening. 
I always recommend, even after seeing that, you pick up the phone, you call the president of that particular chapter, or you call that chapter's director consultant, confirm that there is an opening, and just let them know you're, you would like to visit. That way they can make you more welcome and make you feel special when you walk in the door, because you may hold that dream referral for one of the members of the chapter, and the only way they're ever going to get to that their dream referral is to get to know you. So uh-huh. they want to make sure they, they do that. Okay, so the person really needs to reach out to the director uh, instead of just showing up, reach out to so they can introduce your lease uh, versus walking in cold. You can walk in cold. There's nothing wrong with that. But, again, if you have that intention that this is what is going to help me grow my business, you start building those relationships before you walk in the door. I follow. Great. It was great advice. Uh, talking about your company with uh, for the next few minutes, uh, can you talk about the products and services your company offer? Are you speaking of Inspired? Inspired, correct. Uh, what we offer is we are speakers, so we are happy to come talk to organizations, associations, conferences on networking. We also offer consulting to corporations, to businesses, uh, to help you develop and establish a networking plan so you grow business without spending a lot of money. We have a consulting package that we are putting out this year called the Inspired Activator, which is a seven-step package where we go in and we work hands-on with a company. And from the president down to the newest hire in the mailroom, or however big or small your company is, we get everyone involved because networking and growing a business using networking requires everyone's involvement. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago with MB&I, the biggest referral passed in the organization in the world was passed by a Mary Kay representative. Not by a corporate representative, but by a Mary Kay consultant. Wow. So you never know who people know. And that's one of the things we train. We help you develop a plan. We help you put that plan into action. Um, and we can we can also do workshops for companies or for you know individuals. Uh, we have trained inspired trainers around the country who can put on some of our presentations and help people learn how to network effectively and efficiently. And our 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 tagline or our our philosophy is we help to inspire others inspire others to grow their business using networking. Okay. And how can they reach your particular uh, company itself? If they want to reach me at Inspired, the easiest thing to do is to send me an email, and that's david at inspirednetworking.com. And Inspired is spelled N-S-P-I-R-E-D, networking.com. Or they can go to our website, inspirednetworking.com, and see some of those tools, see some of the things we've done in the past and where we're actually speaking uh, upcoming. Okay. And if they, if they want information on BNI, you start with the worldwide website, which is BNI.com, and it can take you from there to your region, your area, and who you need to contact to help get you started um, in that BNI journey. Okay. And lastly, any additional comments you want to make regarding BNI itself? Uh, we talked about the whole process. Anything else you want to close with about the BNI? I think it. Um, the best thing I can ever say about this organization is I had never heard of it 12 years ago. When I moved to Texas in 2003, one of the first calls I made was to the BNI director saying, where's the BNI chapter in my town? I just believe every town had one at this point. Mm-hmm. If you work the network, if you do the things you're trained to do, you will see results that will change how you do business, the type of business person you are, and it can change how you live. I mean, I've seen people come into this in one profession and go out and start new careers, new companies. They never would have done it without being a part of the organization. And I think it says a lot, and this is kind of the the fun story, that the founder of the organization, Dr. Meisner, will say, if you ever ask him what his best referral is, he will point to normally the lady standing next to him said it was her because he met his wife through BNI. Wow. It it can become a life-changing organization, and it really has done that in a lot of ways. And I'm just – I'm a firm believer 
in what the organization, how it runs, what they believe in, how they give back, and what it can do to help grow businesses. And I think anyone who's looking to do that in a structured environment, this is the place they need to come. Wow. It's kind of funny on the Dr. Meisner website, he says uh, he's the father of a modern networking, but also he met his wife there. So it's kind of ironic he networked his wife. So, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I thank you for joining the program today. Uh, if anybody wants to consider joining BNI, just go to the web- website at bni.com. And again, David, thank you for your time and thank you for coming on to the program. I really appreciate it. Tim, it's my pleasure, and if I can help you in any way, please let me know. It's been a, been a pleasure. Thank you. This is another production of Apple Capital Group uh, based in Jacksonville, Florida. If you have any questions, please reach out to uh, David, and David can be reached out at – what's your email and your phone number again? My email is uh, david at inspirednetworking.com. That's N-S-P-I-R-E-D, inspired without the first I, networking.com. And that's the best place to reach me, and we go from there. Great. I really appreciate it again. Well, thank you for your time. And if anybody has any more uh, information uh, to share, they can go ahead and post it on uh, blog.applecapitalgroup.com. This broadcast will be available on iTunes and also on the Blog Talk Network radio station, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Apple Capital Group. Or you can go to blog.applecapitalgroup and download the episode as well. Thank you for joining the program today. And thank you, David. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to the core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.